Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. This week on the Get Ready for the Future show, we continue our Frequently Asked Questions Month, including questions this week about the markets. What's behind all this recent volatility? We ask Ryan Dietrich, Senior Market Strategist at LPL Financial. Get ready for your future with us right now. This is the Get Ready for the Future Show. And welcome into another edition of the Get Ready for the Future Show all across the state of Arkansas. Glad to have you with us on this Saturday in November as we close in on Thanksgiving, closing in on the end of 2018 football season, and there is so much to do here on the next hour of this broadcast. My name is Scott Inman. To my left is Tim Key out of our Bryant office. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Scott. Doing okay this morning? Wide uh-huh. awake, ready to go? Wide awake. Very good. John Shrewsbury <laughs> on my right and Janet Walker to his right. Good morning to you both. Hey, glad to be here. It is going to be, a we said, a busy, busy hour. We're going to have a hard time getting it all in. We already mentioned Ryan Dietrich, Senior Market Strategist at LPL Financial. He'll be with us on the program uh, to talk a little bit about the markets and all this volatility that uh, has a lot of chatter uh, has generated a lot of chatter in the media for sure. What is going on with all of that? We're going to ask him some questions about that. We also are going to talk about frequently asked questions about uh, from our clients. When prospective clients come to us, we take you inside the meeting room. What are they asking us? Because chances are those are the same kinds of questions that are on your mind uh, as you may be seeking out a financial advisor in your future. Um, and also, we got to talk about the book. The book is... Out. Yes. It is out, John. It is available. The get ready for the get ready. <laughs> your retirement. <laughs> I say get ready for the future. You are getting ready for the future. But the name of the book is Your Retirement Should Be More. And yes. let's talk about the release. Well, it is how to harness the power of more in your retirement. And the question is, what is more? Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of mores in this book that we talk about. I'm not going to give the whole thing away because we'd like for you to buy the book. And so, <laughs> But it is the fact that, that retirement is way more than just investments, Janet. And it is, it's really a deep dive into all the other things that someone who is headed for retirement ought to be thinking about. You're absolutely right. I kind of had this conversation recently. I was traveling and and with some extended family, and they were asking me about what I do. These are people I haven't seen in a long time, and they were asking me about details. And and when I I said I'm a financial advisor – then you know you immediately get this response of oh so you like do stocks and bonds and stuff right and like that's their only understanding but we really want people to understand it is so much more than just investments and so i found myself having these elongated conversations where they just started asking questions and we began to talk about life Yes. And and really, that's what your retirement is about. You have to have some investments to help you meet those goals. But we want to help you understand through this book how much more there is to retirement. Let me share a quick a quick story that kind of illustrates this. I just had an appointment earlier this week with a couple that are right on the verge of retirement. And actually, the, the husband is already retired. Uh, the the wife is going to retire in February, and they brought in their portfolio from another firm, and and we started working through the planning process. And when we started to talk about, to your point, Janet, what is the purpose here? What what are, where are we trying to go? The purpose of the investments, and then when we get into retirement, we're talking about figuring out a withdrawal strategy, right? A way sure. to provide retirement income to them. And the husband looked at me when we got to that point, and they realized that these investments are set up to. Uh, create that income. So we have to be strategic about those investments. He said, hmm, that's interesting because our advisor called us when it came time for a withdrawal and asked, what do you want me to sell? Oh, my. So it was on them. (laughs) They had investments and they had the stocks bonds guy, right? Right. But, But there was no thought process that went into where are we going to take income from well and i think that that is the cart before the horse or the you know use whatever analogy you want to use there but uh, the the tail is wagging the dog quite frankly because i think that that's what an advisor is supposed to do is they are supposed to craft a strategy for your retirement income and the advisor should be recommending where that money's going to come from 
I think, guys, this goes to the distinction between maybe an advisor who's focused on accumulation Mm -hmm. and an advisor who's focused on the overall plan. Because with accumulation, I feel like the advisor probably didn't ask them what to buy originally. They probably came with some thoughts of, here's what to buy. But when you get ready for distribution, when you as an investor are receiving income, there needs to be a strategy from the advisor for that as well. And if it's missing, you don't have a retirement income focused advisor. And and Tim, I think that oftentimes what might be instinctive for the the client to say, I I think we ought to sell this may be exactly the wrong thing to be selling at that particular point in time. Absolutely. We build our plan and the plan dictates what the investments are going to be and how we're going to actually fund that retirement income. And so we do have a great idea of what we need to sell for that income in those first few years and all actually all the way through retirement. So it's much easier for us to be able to say, this is what we're going to sell at this time. We weren't, we're not going to have to sell a mutual fund that's full of equities when the market's down 10 or 15 percent because we're going to allow that time to grow. And we've got years built into that for that volatility that's going to definitely happen in those areas of the market. Scott, I think the big differentiator here is you could say that that we are strategy first focused. Mm -hmm. You know, first thing we do is educate. And then the second thing we're going to do is we're going to look at strategy. We're not going to just talk about, okay, well, you know, this investment is down, so maybe we ought to sell it or something like that. That's just not the way it works here. We, We first educate you about the whys of what we want to do. And then we look at the strategy. And our strategy always is one that is very long-term focused, but also very uh, cognizant of that short-term issue of volatility and not wanting to be in a situation where we are selling something when it's down and and actually taking a loss on that. We want to have more conservative buckets where we can pull money from it and it not worry about and us not worry about whether the market is up or down because clearly you don't want to do that because that deteriorates the value of your portfolio. Well, think about how that applies now. Right now, what we've been going through in October and in past the election, where there's been a lot of market volatility. Think about how that applies. If you were drawing from those equity buckets right now or those equity investments, you would be selling at a loss. So that's just one part of what we mean when we say your retirement should be more. What we're going to do today, because we want people to be able to read this book, we are going to give away a copy of the book to the first 10 people that email us beginning, ready, set, go, right now. Info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com is the address. So if you write that down, or you can just remember it and start typing away on your keyboard right now if you're at home. Info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com. We'll know the first 10 that come in. If you send us an email, say, I want that book. We will give it to you. And if you're driving, pull over. Don't do this. <laughs> driving down the be road. Safe. Yes, please be safe. But uh, we would love to get this book in your hand in first 10 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. We'll send the book to you free of charge. And we also have uh, more information on our website we've created. It's www.retirementshouldbemore.com. The book also available online at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. You can also get the audio version on Audible. There's iBooks and select local bookstores here in Arkansas. You can find out more information on that website, retirementshouldbemore.com. So we want you to get an opportunity again to get that book free of charge. All you have to do is send us an email, info at getreadyforthefuture.com. We'll give away the first. 10 emails. I, I, I might need to mention, Scott, that we've got a book signing coming up on December 1st at Wordsworth Bookstore in the Heights in Little Rock. It will be from 1 to 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, we want to invite all the Get Ready for the Future Show listeners to come out and take part in that. All right. So we mentioned already a couple of times that market volatility. It is on many investors' minds. Maybe it is on Yours. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll interview senior market strategist at LPL Financial, Ryan Dietrich. He's gracious enough to join us at least once a month on the show. We'll talk to him about where all of this volatility is coming from next. Don't touch that dial. Straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money is right around the corner. The Get Ready for the Future show returns after this. What? 
Life can be so busy, it's hard to even picture retirement. That's why you need somebody you can trust who will paint that picture and help turn dreams into reality. Plan, personalize, and protect your future with the team at GenWealth. Call 877-341-7355 to schedule an appointment. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. On radio and on social media, welcome into the fastest four minutes in investing. And actually on the Get Ready for the Future show today, it's about 15 minutes of investing in market talk with Ryan Dietrich, the senior market strategist at LPL Financial. And John, we always have Ryan on about once a month to talk about the markets and we thought in this fastest four, we just kind of give a, a I guess, a 20,000-foot view at what Ryan's going to be talking about. Well, Ryan's going to really explain a lot about what's going on with all the market volatility that we've got, where we are in the economy and the markets, and and really what the outlook is for the future. And the bottom line of it is, is that we still believe that equities are going to do well. Now, you may be saying, well, my equities aren't doing real well right now because the market is so volatile. I want to give a little perspective perspective on this, Scott. I, I really want to, you know, it's real easy for us to look at a month mm-hmm. or a three-month period of time and go, oh, gee, you know, here's what's going on. It's bad, it's bad, it's really bad. But if you pull back and you widen your perspective out a little bit and you look at how far that we've come from where we were in 2016 yeah. to today, or even better, if you go back to March of 2009 and look at where we are today, then I don't think there's anybody who can say that if you were participating in the markets, if you were in the game, that you have really, you know, that, that this whole uh, episode of volatility has really cratered your portfolio because it really hasn't. We were down about 8% in September, and I'm sorry, in October, October. Mm-hmm. Uh, but S&P. that is off about 200% gain from yeah. all the way back in 2008. So one of the things that I think is important as we go into the Ryan Dietrich interview is to keep a perspective in mind. And that's why we do what we do here at GenWealth is that we want you to have that that clear perspective on what's going on. Uh, the bottom line of it is, Scott, if you are in the markets with money that you're going to need in less than 10 years, you're probably in the wrong place. Right. If you are in more conservative investments with those dollars that you're going to need in 10 years or less, then that you're in the right place. And if you use those equities as long-term investments over 10 years in in our case, that's what we prescribe, then you're in a lot better situation. A reminder that that interview is on the Get Ready for the Future show if you're listening on radio right now. For our social media viewers, you can check that out on podcast. Go to iTunes or Stitcher and look for that Get Ready for the Future show episode. So one of the things that it's all going to fall back to at the end of that interview with Ryan, he's told us it always comes back to fundamentals. So when you talk about the short-term volatility versus a long-term perspective, that's how LPL Research creates that long-term perspective. And and that's really our view here at GenWealth. We believe at the end of the day, regardless of all the noise that may be going on in the markets and the economy and what have you, if companies are earning money and everything else is doing okay, then we're going to actually see progress in the markets long term. There may be a little bit of a fit going on right now, particularly because the president is at odds with China over this trade issue. Interest rates are going up. It's a little destabilizing, if you will, as far as the markets are concerned. But it's not something, I said it this way the other day, Scott, it is, uh, I think it is more of heartburn than a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And so there's no economic foundation for being concerned other than this market volatility, how long will it last? And when will this earnings uh, spurt actually take hold and, and actually show up in market yes. results? Some of the concerns are actually because things are too good, if you honestly think about it. They, things are heating up, right? And they think, well, the yes. end could be near because it's heating up. But if you're not along for the ride, you may miss out. You can't please everybody. That's for sure. That's a look at the fastest four minutes in investing. We thank you for watching and listening. The Get Ready for the Future show continues on the radio side right after this break. Your retirement should be more. More than just investments. More about you. And more Get Ready for the Future show. Stay tuned for more. 
we've got Gen Wealth Academy workshops happening in your area. To find out more, visit our website at www.getreadyforthefuture.com slash events. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome back in. Today, we're talking frequently asked questions, questions inside the meeting room at Gen Wealth that some of our clients or prospective clients have asked us. So they may be questions that's on, that are on your mind. And in this segment, we're talking about market questions. There have been a few of those in the media circulating as well with all this recent market volatility. And we are pleased during this segment of the broadcast to be joined by Ryan Dietrich, Senior Market Strategist at LPL Financial. Ryan joins us uh, once a month, usually, if if his schedule dictates, and he has a busy schedule. In fact, he was just telling us, Ryan, you're you're on the road again today as we talk. That's correct, guys. I'm um, Nashville, Tennessee. So I'm going to eat some barbecue and meet with some clients and give some presentations. So <laughs> a, a fun. I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be a fun day. Well, we appreciate you spending about 12 minutes with us this morning on our broadcast. So let's let's jump in uh, with all this market volatility. A lot of it pre midterm election we, as the run up went to. Uh, the midterms, and then everything kind of worked out the way I think the pundits thought it would. The the Democrats uh, took the House, but we still have a, a split legislature because the Republicans controlled the Senate. You saw a bounce right after that, the day after, but then more volatility. Tell us about how the midterm, ele- uh, midterm election results have played into what you're seeing in the markets. Well, that's right, guys. You know, clearly, obviously, midterms were a week ago, and it came in like we talked about last month, pretty much expected. We have the Republican president, as we know, and now we have the split Congress. And, you know, the interesting thing, the day after the elections, the S&P gained over 2%. So it was really a nice kind of relief rally. We look back, but first, that's the best day after a midterm, going back to 1982. So, you know, now why is it and what happened? Well, as we talked about last month, it was a rough October. You know, stocks lost almost 8% on the S&P. Small caps and tech were hit even more. And it's those pre-jitters. You know, you look back at history, 2014, we had a big dip in stocks into the middle of October, and then a good end of your rally. Go, of course, who doesn't forget the 2016 election? S&P had a nine-day losing streak, one of the longest losing streaks ever, right ahead of the 2016 November presidential election, and then the relief rally. So we saw that jitterness. We saw those concerns, and now we're starting to see, you know, we had a really good rally the day after, and then even last week, so we're off those October 29th lows. We can get into some of the more stuff that we see near term. But overall, bottom line, as expected, things came in kind of what we thought. Don't forget, um, gridlock is good. We took a look with the Republican president. The best scenario under Republican president is just that, a split Congress. So S&P up about 16% on average years that that happens. So those are some good steps in the right direction. It's been a really rough ride, obviously, since October started. But we still see uh, better times ahead. Right. And in the aftermath of the election, everybody wants to sort out the winners and losers. So from an investment standpoint, what do you see in the in what sectors of the market uh, tend to benefit from this divided Congress uh, and, and really some gridlock in Washington? Right. Well, great question, John. First and foremost, we still think it benefits stocks. Right. As I just said, it's a strong scenario. Here's another one to think about for, for the listeners out there. We went back to World War II since 1946. The day, a year after the midterm elections, the S&P 500 has been higher every single time, 18 out of 18 times. Now, some of those years are up a lot. Some of those years aren't up as much. I get it. But the bottom line for investors, we're in that sweet spot of the four-year presidential cycle starting right now. So let's not forget that. But diving in, you know, getting into sectors. You know, I mean, the one thing that we think everyone hopefully in, in um, Washington agrees on is the infrastructure spending. You know, we haven't really seen that play out yet. So to us, industrials and materials are two areas that could really benefit as we realize our, you know, we have an aging infrastructure and we need to fix that. You know, so those are two areas, industrials and materials we like. Energy and financials are two areas that obviously benefit from deregulation. Both have had a really rough ride, and there's a little bit more of a question mark, I guess you could say, now with, uh, you know, potentially with the, with the split house on those two areas. The last one is healthcare. Healthcare's had a great year. We understand all the positive demographics coming with healthcare. And again, we think healthcare can still see some benefits and some nice tailwinds from the way uh, Washington kind of voted, or, well, I'm sorry, the, you know, the, the, you know, I say citizens voted for the Washington makeup last week, and healthcare is still a group we like. But the big picture, growth of value, you know, we've talked about this a lot. We still favor value. And I don't think anything that we voted on as a country last week is going to change that. The big thing 
late in economic cycles, value tends to do a little better. When the economy is doing better, value does better. And let's be honest, growth has had a tremendous run almost for 10 years relative to value. What have we seen since October started? Some of the big technology names are cracking a little bit. We still don't have a problem with tech. We just think it's really had a good run. And we think value, which has started to outperform really nicely the past you know, four or five weeks or so, really can maybe take that baton as we head into 2019. And that's a place where we position our portfolio is a little bit tilted toward value. Ryan, we've talked about, again, winners and losers in the elections, and you've talked about uh, several sectors that you feel like could be good winners for us moving forward based on the, the election results. What are some risks that we may be facing ahead of us due to the midterm results? Right. Well, clearly, you know, with the midterms out there, the big risk that we have at LPL Research, I'll get to answer in a second, is still the China concerns, right? I mean, that is still there and it's still bubbling up. There's rumors that President Trump wants to have a decision or some type of you know, compromise with China at the G20, which takes place later this month in November. We'll see. Let's not forget, October 4th, uh, Vice President Pence gave a more, I guess we could say, aggressive speech as it regards in China and the trade concerns. That's right. If you look at a calendar, that's right when all this volatility really started. So those things are still there. But also, you know, the debt ceiling, the debt ceiling concerns. The Democrats use the debt ceiling as leverage. You know, we, we have, we've had debt ceiling talks over the years, and usually it's a bunch of talk and then nothing really happens. But clearly that's there. And then just the taxes. We had the, obviously, tax reform that came in last year. You know, could there be some bargaining chips there? Those are some things that kind of, I wouldn't say keep us up at night, but are those things that we kind of talk about. But in terms of the sector plays, we still don't really like the defensive areas as much as we still think this bull market has life. You know, some of the you know the utilities and consumer staples, those are the areas that we still are not quite um, warm and fuzzy on investing yet. We still think, you know, value has a... Has, has life. We still think financials are another group that it has, has really had strong earnings. I know there's been underperformance from financials, but we still think the yield curve can begin to steepen, which, plain and simple, should benefit those financials of 2019 also. We are talking with Ryan Dietrich, Senior Market Strategist at LPL Financial, on today's Get Ready for the Future show. Let's dive in at the most recent market volatility, Ryan. Obviously, we talked about the run-up to the election. We're past that now, but certainly we had a, a volatile week in the markets earlier this week still. What's what's driving that? And, and take us under the hood a little bit about what you guys are looking at. Sure. Well, the first thing that's most important, I think, when we look at the four-year presidential cycle, midterm years, which obviously we are right now, actually are the most volatile. They have a 17% pullback from peak to trough on average since World War II. That's the most of any of the four years. The good news, though, if you're willing to hold the yearly lows, which, let's be honest, no one truly knows when those are, but it's looking like it was hopefully in February, higher 12 months later every single time, up over 30% on average for the S&P 500. So volatility is normal midterm years. Let's rewind the clock to pleasanter times, I guess we'll say. The third quarter. Really good rally for stocks the third quarter. The S&P 500, incredibly, did not have a single 1% move either up or down on a changing basis the entire third quarter. you got to go back to the early 60s, the last time the normally volatile third quarter did something like that. So to us, things were really non-volatile in the third quarter. And then sure enough, we had President Pence's, or Vice President Pence's speech in early October, some other jitters, October normal jitters. And then we had all that volatility. It almost feels like daily we're getting 1%, even 2% moves. We've seen a couple 2% moves, obviously, the last couple of weeks up and down. So it's just the, the function, really, we think, of the fact the market was so non-volatile for a long time. And now we're in kind of a little more volatile period. But let's not forget also, this is the fourth quarter of a midterm year. We're aware the S&P just lost about 8% in October, one of the worst Octobers in a long time. The really good news, though, the fourth quarter of a midterm year, again, we'll be out right now, you look at all 16 quarters out of the four-year presidential cycle, this is the strongest quarter on average. The last time this quarter was even down was back in 94, down less than a percent. And you got to go back way back in history last time you even lost a couple percent during this normally bullish fourth quarter of a midterm year. So, again, to us, you know, we're not, we're not there yet, right? We've still got a little bit of time in 2018. We do think those positive seasonals can take over thanks to strong fundamentals. I think we're going to talk about earnings here maybe in a sec when we get into that. But we really still see strong positive fundamentals that should drive this bull market, um, at least this year and even into next year. Ryan, before we get to earnings, I want to touch on interest rates. And despite the, the president's Twitter onslaught on the Fed, uh, they keep marching on right. with, with higher rates. And, and obviously, they're, they're uh, running their own play. 
No, that's exactly right, John. I mean, you know, clearly, like you said, there's there's different opinions of what the Fed should and shouldn't be doing. I mean, first things first, in about a month, we're going to have the three-year anniversary, the first Fed rate hike. We've had eight Fed rate hikes, uh, you know, since December of three years ago, 2015. But as of now, you know, there's a near certainty, most people agree, of one hike in December. And the big question is, will there be two or three next year? You know, at LPL Research, we're talking about this daily, not daily, but, you know, weekly, I guess we'll say. We're leaning on, they might probably only do two rate hikes next year, not the three that most people expect. We don't think they're going to quite be as aggressive. Because, again, you know, global growth, the U.S. looks good. But let's, let's, let's look around the globe. I mean, China and Europe are really slowing down. You look at a lot of the services and manufacturing data. So should that kind of work its way to the U.S. a little bit? We don't see it yet, but should it? We don't think there's going to be as many rate hikes as, um, I guess, what the market expects next year, which is three. We're leaning on two next year. Hey, Ryan, I, I know we've talked so much about the elections and the impact from them. I, I want to go back to, as you've been talking about today, the fundamentals. We tend to go back to the over-index quite often. Talk, talk with us a little bit about where we are with regard to that and, and kind of help our, our listeners understand more about the fundamentals. Right. Well, that's a great question, Janet. So, you know, the way we look at it at LPL Research is bull markets don't die of old age. They die of excesses, and those excesses, in our opinion, can be overspending, overleverage, and overconfidence. And that's where we created our proprietary LPR Research Over Index, which measures those overs, those extremes, the overspending, overconfidence, overleverage. Right now, let's be honest, we could be seeing some extremes and overconfidence. But when you look at what people are spending, it's nowhere near what they've been spending this late in the cycles before. Also. Uh, leverage companies are leveraged 40 to 1, you know, back 10 years ago. Now it's more 7 or 8 to 1. So we're not seeing anywhere near the leverage either. And when you consider how strong earnings have been, look at a 28% year of your earnings growth in the third quarter that this quarter is wrapping up, really, really good numbers. And even the next year, another 10% earnings growth, 20% earnings growth this year with the over index not flashing major signs that have uh, taken place right ahead of recession. Those are reasons we think, yes, it's an old economic cycle, old bull market and equities. Both of those can definitely continue in 2019 in our view, though. Ryan, we are almost out of time for this segment. I'm, I'm going to throw you a quick curveball. Can we take a break? Because we want to ask you that earnings question. So can we take a quick break and then on the other side of that break, uh, get back into that earnings before we let you go? Do you have time before your Uber driver shows up? I haven't ordered the Uber yet, so we, we can hang out for five, ten minutes. Absolutely. No problem. All right. Well, let's, let's do that. We'll take a break on the Get Ready for the Future show and we'll continue with Ryan Dietrich, Senior Market Strategist at LPL Financial, talking market volatility and up next, a solid earnings season still there. Stay with us. We're back in just a moment. Have a financial question? Want answers? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, your location, and your question. And we'll answer your question on the air. More straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money coming at you. We're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. Continuing our discussion this morning on the Get Ready for the Future show with Ryan Dietrich, Senior Market Strategist at LPL Financial. One more question before we let Ryan go. We we wanted to talk about earnings season, and, we, and we've kind of built towards this really through the whole interview. We talked about the short-term volatility pre-election, the volatility that is still existing in the market post-election. And then looking at the over-index, is there reason to be concerned that this is going to be a longer-term problem? Let's go now to the fundamental the fundamental economic data that is earnings of corporations. What did LPL Research Ryan see in this most recent earnings season? Well, first things first, it was a really solid third quarter earnings. You know, call us old fashioned LPL Research. We still believe earnings and interest rates drive long term stock gains. And when we turn our cards to earnings season here, the third quarter is about 90% done. So, pretty safe to say we're near the finish line. We're looking at almost 28% year-year earnings growth relative to last year on the third quarter for the S&P 500. That's the strongest growth we've seen since 2010, obviously coming out of the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression. So this is really good. What's neat, though, came in almost six percentage points better than what everyone expected about two months ago. So all the estimates and all the experts, you know, they lowballed it once again, and once again we saw better than expected. But let's look at top line for a second, revenue. Revenue actually came in at 8.5% year-over-year. That's the best we've seen in a while. 
and it was all, uh, about 7.7% just two weeks ago. So really strong earnings for most companies. And when you talk about all the trade concerns, some of the global worries that we talked about in the other segment, they're real. We're not ignoring them. But corporate America, fortunately, is still saying, hey, things look good. Guidance out into the future looks good. Revenue and earnings growth are both really, really solid in the third quarter. And, you know, that trend, we, we, when you look at what companies said, it's looking like it's going to continue out into 2019 and looking at 20% earnings growth this year and double-digit earnings growth again next year in 2019. You do not have recessions when you have 10% earnings growth. And if that hits, we look for um, continuation of the bull market and hopefully a continuation of an improving U.S. economic uh, cycle. So put another way, Ryan, you guys believe that at the end of the day, the earnings will overcome the volatility that we're seeing right now. Some of the the uh, scare that's in the market right now in terms of investor sentiment. And you think those earnings will actually take root and show up in in market performance as time goes on. No, that's right, John. So, you know, one way or other way to look at it, go back to 1990. The S&P 500, when it gains at least 10% earnings growth, it's never been lower for the year on a total return basis. So we can have volatility. We've had two 10% dips this year. Who knows? Maybe we'll even have a third one before the year's over. That's a lot of volatility, as we know. But at the end of the day, the earnings are what really drive those long gains, and the earnings picture continues to improve. We've had, I think it's 34 or 35 straight quarters of earnings growth coming in better than the analysts expected. So as long as we keep kind of raising that bar with stronger than expected earnings growth, that's what drives long-term stock gains, and that still looks pretty good to us out in the 2019. Well, Ryan, we know you got to catch a ride to the airport, so we're going to we're gonna cut it off there. We sure appreciate you doing a little overtime with us today, more than a segment. Uh, thanks for jumping on with us. Anytime, guys. I appreciate it. Look forward to next month. Ryan Dietrich, Senior Market Strategist at LPL Financial. We'll have Ryan join us again next month. As we continue on the Get Ready for the Future show, talking about frequently asked questions, we're going to dive into an area that we don't often talk about on the show, but we're going to talk about clients who wonder, well, what happens to my money if something happens to my advisor? And, and this gives us an opportunity, guys, to talk a little bit more about the way Gen Wealth is structured, the way that John and Janet intentionally structured it and where it is today. Way back when, Scott, we knew that that we wanted to have a firm that, that lasted as long as we did and, and then longer. And Janet, when we actually formed our partnership, you're 12 years younger yes. than I am, and we didn't want the firm to die with me, so along came, comes you, and so you're younger, and theoretically, you're going to live longer than I am. And then we brought in this next generation of advisors. We've got Scott, we've got Tim, we've got Troy, we've got Candace, we've got a lot of folks on our team that are here that if something happens, those folks are able to step in. And the cool thing is we all really kind of play from the same playbook, Yes, and everybody's been trained by us. Us. And so you're not going to get something different when one of those advisors step up. That's absolutely right, John. You know, b- between the two of us, there's there's not a, a full generations difference age wise, but there's a partial generational difference. But the reason I bring up that word is that we talk inside of Gen Wealth about G two. That's a term that we use frequently, and what that refers to is the next generation of owners. Not that there's anything there officially in place yet for them, but we've already planned for that. That is a part of our cult, our culture, and who we are, and we're developing. Developing them and training them. And it, frankly, if you were to meet with John or Janet versus any other advisor on the team, I am absolutely confident that you would get the same quality, even from our youngest advisor, because as you said, John, we have trained them. They have sat beside us for an extended period of time, apprenticeship type of training. And that's where you really learn. It's not in a classroom. It is, it is in a meeting room. And Scott, the backstory behind this is that we have have witnessed people who have come into our firm and said, okay, my advisor died or moved or got fired or whatever the case may be. And their whole life was kind of turned upside down because there was no one there that could pick up the baton and carry on in the same vein that they were working with their previous advisor. And so we wanted to solve that problem. We see that as being a major problem when it comes to the the issues that, that people are dealing with in retirement. When the coach leaves, it's kind of like a football team, you know, and when Brett Bielema left, there were a lot of guys that, you know, didn't fit the new the new system and what have 
have you. Well, they didn't have any choice. They just had to stay there or they had to quit one of the two. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't quit on your investments and your retirement. And it's clearly taken a while to recover. Yes, it has. Yes. Absolutely. In the Razorbacks case. Yes. And so we wanted to have clear succession planning and we wanted to have another uh generation of people to step up bench depth so to speak mm-hmm. uh where you know next man up is as chad morris likes to say well that takes us to our next question too because we're talking about in the long term uh with the client's relation the client relationship and the client's accounts but even during the front end the conversations that we uh, have in those early appointments when we are bringing a client on board to become a client of gen wealth Tim, it, it, we, we rarely have one advisor in the room, and I think that's an uncommon uh, experience for many people who come in. That's really unusual, I think, for you know, any advisor to just any client to only have you know one advisor is what's usually common. Obviously, there's two of us in a room most of the time. That definitely helps us benefit from having more than just two ears in the room mm-hmm. because there's a conversation going on. We're trying to get to know that client, what they wish to have in retirement, what they want it to look like, where they are. So there's a lot of information being gathered in that meeting room. And so for having multiple ears, um, one person being able to actually write a lot of that down while the other person's in discussion. I mean, I think it just goes so far in pitting us further ahead um, of most of the other advisors out there and helping our clients be able to have that um, teamwork that we actually pr- provide. And I know we're going to get into the concept of a diamond team and how that is built, but but to build on Tim's point, I, obviously there are things that I do well and things I don't do as well. And, and when Tim talks about note-taking, that's one of the things I'm not very good at. So it really helps me to be able to fully engage with the client and talk about what their goals are and what we're going to do in building a retirement income plan for them and have someone there at my side to be able to take all those notes down. You know, there are so many minor details that get handled after the appointment. And a lot of times I think that 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 understanding bypasses a client. You Mm -hmm. know, we're just sitting there having a conversation, but there may be in a 10 minute time period, there may be a dozen follow up things that have to be done outside of the appointment time. That's why we have two Mm -hmm. people. So one can be fully engaged in that conversation and the other one's going, oh, I need to make a note about this and be sure that I follow up on this particular action with the client or maybe inside the office, something else needs to happen. So it it is critical, we believe, to the efficiency to be able to, to cover all the bases that an investor needs to have handled and to do them well. Scott, we, we intentionally built this to, to last. And, and obviously the mindset of that has been on the client. Obviously it is not, you know, financially advantageous for us to have more than one advisor in the room. Somebody's got to get paid and, and that type of thing. But the cool thing is it doesn't cost the client any more for that second advisor to be in there. It's not like they get charged double because that advisor is there. We have a commitment to excellence here at GenWealth. And obviously, as you said, one person can't do everything and one person isn't good at everything. And so our commitment to excellence says we need to have more than one person in that appointment. And that's what we're going to do in most cases. And in between the first appointment and the second appointment, when all that planning gets done, that was that's when the word collaboration comes into play. You have a diamond team and let's talk about the positions on that diamond team. The top of that diamond is the executive advisor. Yes. And then on the wings, we'll call it, are the two lead advisors. And at the bottom of that diamond is the associate advisor. Advisor, so you will likely come in and meet with a, a Gen Wealth advisor, likely two Gen Wealth advisors that may be a lead and an associate. It might be an executive and a lead. But when that planning process goes into play, while you're while we're in between your meetings and you're not there, that's when that collaborative process begins. Yeah, and more people are involved in that than just the Diamond team. If you think about uh, the fact that we've got experts in, in insurance, so let's say Ch- Chad Roller, who's yeah. on this show, uh, often comes in and sits down and collaborates with us. Other advisors come in and they have little niche specialties. Charlie Skinner is our investment guy. He, he really loves uh, the investment side, collaborates with Ryan Dietrich a lot on where we're going from an investment standpoint. And, you know, to have that kind of of expertise to to come alongside the advisor and say, okay, guys, let's bring in all these disciplines. And Tim, that to me, that is a huge advantage because I can't know everything about everything when it comes to investments and insurance. That just goes back to the teamwork that we have here at GenWealth and, yeah. and the resources that we have that we don't have to 
be the expert in everything. You know, we can, we know the experts that we can go to and get those answers, especially for Chad. That's just a huge benefit um, from the insurance side of things, because that's such an important part of someone's financial plan, especially in retirement. So being able to actually um, have Charlie on the investment side, um, just continue to provide that training to the rest of us so that we don't have to do all the legwork ourselves. But, um, you know, it's very beneficial for us as that teamwork goes to um, to our clients. It's a leverage of that knowledge. When you talk about LPL research and you talk about all the different resources that we can use to build your plan, the bench strength is definitely strong at GenWealth. So we're about uh, up against our final break. We have one more segment, a few more frequently asked questions on the other side of that break. And this is one that I get quite frequently after we've uh, brought a client on. How often will we get back together? That is a very common question. We'll talk about that and a couple of more as the Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this break. You're listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. More where that came from after the break. If you aren't following us on social media, you're missing out. Check out behind-the-scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. Just search for Gen Wealth on Facebook or follow us at Gen Wealth FA on Twitter. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. In the home stretch of today's Get Ready for the Future show, talking about frequently asked questions, and we're going to dive back into that in our final segment. Do want to take a moment to mention our upcoming Gen Wealth Academy workshop on December 4th at 6.30 at the Crown Plaza. This is our final one of 2018, so it's a final chance before the end of the year to get in on this. Three big risks. What are the three big risks to your retirement? And what are some strategies to provide solutions to taking on those three big risks? You can find out with us for free at our Gen Wealth Academy Workshop, December 4th at 6.30 at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock. GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash events to register. I have a feeling that we might be giving away a book at that workshop. We have a lot of them coming in, I hear. Yes. So an opportunity to get a copy of your retirement should be more at that workshop. Now, if you weren't with us at the beginning of this broadcast, there's also an opportunity to get that sent to you now. We are giving away a copy of John and Janet's uh, book to the first 10 people that email. We may already have those emails sitting in the inbox, but if we uh, find that you are one of the first 10 to give us an email at info at getreadyforthefuture.com, we will give you a copy of Your Retirement Should Be More. That book available now. You can find out more information about it at Retirement Should Be More. Dot com. Is it possible that we could say that that's a future bestseller? Is it, <laughs> I don't know. I'm you, just. You I, know what? It'll I'm, be our bestseller. It will be our bestseller. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. It can be. <laughs> we, we've already sold more a books guy. than you have ever sold. <laughs> that's a, right. A guy can wish, can he? Come on. Frequently asked questions month. Uh, we were talking about. Uh, the questions we get revolving around the team at GenWealth, what happens to my money if something happens to my advisor, and will you be the only person working with me? And then usually a common question comes after that second meeting when we've when we've brought people to the point where they're going to become GenWealth clients. They'll ask, well, how often are we going to get back together? And I think that is a common time because people have reached this point of we've built a bit of a relationship. We, we, we've built a plan for them. They have that plan in their hands, and it's kind of like, now what? Yeah. And a lot of people don't know because they've never gone through an experience similar to uh, becoming a Gen Wealth client. And the question, uh, when, when it gets asked, it, it's a little bit of a long answer because, first of all, as often as you need to talk, we're going to be there for you. But there will always be an annual outbound call. People are going to get an update on their plan every year. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that we really strive to, to bring to the table for our clients is the opportunity to sit down with your advisor at least once a year. And we can cadence that faster if we need to. But let me also uh, kind of broaden that out, Scott, because one of the things that we really try to do is communicate very well with our client base through this radio show, through our social media. Uh, we got a lot of folks that that have come to GenWealth for their financial advice, their financial guidance, and what have you. And we want to ha- be able to communicate 
broad things like what's going on in the market and do I need to be concerned about this volatility and things of that nature, that message is the same regardless of who we're talking right. to. It doesn't matter uh, who you are in our client base. That message is going to be the same. But when we start talking about your money and your plan, then we want to be able to sit down with you and talk about that. Now, if something changes along the way, if there's been a out of the blue experience that you've had that you need to talk to your advisor about, we're always here for you. So once a year is kind of the minimum, but more often is really available to you. And then if you take advantage of all of the information, all the education that we put out at our workshops and through our social media through this radio show and all the other avenues that we have those are ways that you can stay on top of things uh, and be informed on the broad sense and then do a deep dive on your plan when you come in on an annual basis well i think too guys it goes back to the bench strength because there are a lot of people on our team that you never hear on this radio show that you you may have never met through the first couple of appointments that you might get to know down the line who are f- perfectly capable of pulling up your plan right there in our office and and being able to address some of the questions that you may have. Well, and let's let's say this. We want our clients to be clients of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, not necessarily the client of a particular advisor, because anything can happen to anybody. And you've got to understand that we all, as I said earlier, play from the same playbook. Uh, Tim is not going to run a different play than, than John or Janet, because Tim has been coached with the same discipline that we have. And so Tim is going to run that same play. Scott's going to run that same play. Troy, Candace, uh, Teresa, Austin, you name it. Our advisors are all going to be running the same play. And so we like to think of our clients as clients of Gen Wealth and not necessarily clients of a particular advisor. So speaking of the clients, one of the other questions that we get is what does an ideal client look like for Gen Wealth? Tim, let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. Um, One of the big things that we definitely specialize in is retirement planning. Um, so an ideal client is someone who is nearing retirement. Um, hopefully they come to us before they're ready to walk out the door. But usually when we ask them when they want to retire, it was yesterday. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, so that's really our wheelhouse as far as that goes, the income for life model and being able to actually build that retirement plan for someone. We also love working with the younger folks, the accumulators, because we also know that if we can get someone started in the right direction early, that by the time they're going to reach retirement, they're going to have a lot of resources available to help them through retirement and make a lot of good decisions for themselves. There is one word that I think would sum up what a Gen Wealth client should be, and that's coachable. Yes. I, I think that it's hard to help somebody that doesn't want help. And and that's just a fact. If If you have all of this figured out, then you probably don't need us. But if you know that there are, you know, things about your finances that you really need some professional help with, then and and you're ready to accept that professional help, then coachability is huge, Janet. Uh, Some other things on the list. We really enjoy working with people who have a a passion and purpose in retirement. Um, If there's something that you're passionate about doing, we are passionate about helping you figure out how to make that happen. You know, we we don't have a magic wand. If you you have a million-dollar dream and you have $5,000 in retirement assets, obviously we can't make those dreams a reality. However, if the math works, we really want to be able to help you pursue whatever your passion is in retirement. Scott, let me be clear on on something else. There is not a an account minimum at Genwell. Right. We have advisors that will work with you wherever you are. Now, I will tell you that that obviously the more money you have, the easier it is to build a plan for retirement and that type of thing, but there is no account minimum. So You know, I hear this all the time. Well, I don't have enough money to come work with you guys. Well, that's just not true. Uh, We have had people come in with $50 a month to start their IRA. And, you know, if you don't have $50 a month, well, maybe. But (laughs) but $50 a month to start an IRA, there are a lot of Gen Wealth clients that are doing that. There are a lot of Gen Wealth clients that are, you know, millionaires two or three, four, five times over. And, And those folks are very welcome here as well. But 
we will work with the average Arkansan. Uh, the average Arkansan has worked hard. They have accumulated money in their 401k plan. Uh, maybe they've accumulated money in other places. They need to have a plan and a strategy for implementing those dollars into their retirement program and then have that plan executed so they can have regular predictable income in retirement. And those are the qualifications for someone to come to GenWealth. And that is being coachable and having some money that they need to some guidance on. And we will help you wherever you are. We believe everyone should have the availability to have access to a financial advisor. And that's why there is no asset level or no account minimum at GenWealth. And when you talk about the average Arkansan. You know, I, I do think that that's worth talking about too, because many of, many of the folks who come to us, they have had a job for a long time, a long career that they've, they've spent a lot of time accumulating assets and had a great employer match too. So they've arrived at the cusp of retirement and, and had a pretty good chunk of assets to make their retirement dreams come true, but have no idea how to make that happen. Yeah, that's where the strategy comes yeah. in. That's where we sit down. We use the ready-to-retire process at GenWealth. Uh, we put them through and, and utilize things, as Tim mentioned, the income for life model, social security strategies, and what have you. We kind of package all that up, and we call it the GenWealth ready-to-retire process. And it is something that that we have worked a lot on, Janet, to be sure that we can deliver a high-quality experience for our clients. You know, even though it's called the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, it's yours yes. because it, it is so personalized to what your situation is. As many times as we collectively as a team have prepared plans through this Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, each and every one of them has been unique because your circumstances are unique. And I think that's probably the most important thing to understand as, as we talk about this. You know, what is the, the experience like to be a client of Gen Wealth? It's unique. It's, it's your experience because we want to have it fit what your needs are. We have just a little over a minute left and want to recap some of the things we've been talking about. But first, if you're interested, if you're hearing some things on the radio today that make you wonder, well, what would be the next step? What, how would I get started with my Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process? Well, there's a couple of ways to reach out. You can dial this number, 501-653-7355. Again, it's 501-653-7355. That'll get you to the main office line here at GenWealth. We have offices in Bryant, West Little Rock, Hot Springs, and El Dorado, and Shreveport, Bossier City. That number will get you connected with Anna Olive. Anna is our client introductory specialist. She will match you with an advisor and get that first appointment set and that first appointment is complimentary. Costs you nothing to come in, spend a couple of hours with our team of advisors, and just find out if there is reason to move the ball forward and create a relationship and build that ready-to-retire process with you. You can also reach out via email, getreadyforthefuture.com. Info at getreadyforthefuture.com. We'll get back with you uh, that way as well. Yes, and, and if uh, they haven't already emailed while we've been on the air, uh, we've the first 10 emails that we get uh, asking for our new book, Your Retirement Should Be More, How to Harness the Power of More in Your Retirement. Just email us at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. And what is the phrase? I want that book. I want that book. That's right. That's what you have to say. <laughs> I want that book. I want that book. <laughs> Find out more at retirementshouldbemore.com about that book. That is going to do it for this week's edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. The GenWealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. Thank you.